to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you unstained at his glorious throne. To Jesus our Savior be glory and majesty and power and honor. To Jesus alone. You can see him on YouTube. A man celebrating his birthday. He's sitting on the front stairs of his front porch of his house. He appears to be in his 60s, big, burly, tough man. As he interacts with his family, you can tell he has a little bit of a calloused, acerbic sense of humor. But his family is saving one final gift for him to open, a special one. He doesn't know what it is. They give it to him. He looks at them suspiciously. He begins to open it, begins to open it, and he pulls out a pair of glasses. That's strange. A pair of glasses. What are these for? They look kind of weird. And you hear a voice off camera, Dad, just put them on. Just put them on. What we will find out in a moment is that this big, burly man in his 60s, has been completely colorblind his whole life. He has never seen any kind of color. But there are new glasses on the market that have the technology for someone who is completely colorblind to put them on and to see the world as it is. Dad, just put them on. And this big, tough, calloused, burly man melts. He melts in childlike wonder. He melts in amazement. He melts in indescribable joy. Because for the first time in his life, instead of shades of gray, he sees the world as it is in vivid, living color. Let's keep that footage running through our minds for the next few moments as we consider the Word of God before us. At the time when Jesus is starting his ministry, in many ways, the entire culture, the, the, the civilized world, was colorless. It was only in shades of gray. In, in this way, let's take the, the culture of the Roman Empire for the first, for the first part. The, the, in the Roman Empire, their concept of truth was, well, you should tell the truth. You shouldn't lie. So there was a civic righteousness connected with truth. But as far as objective truth, well, if you could find something that worked for you, that's great. As, as, the, as Pontius Pilate would say later on, well, what, what is truth? They even had a saying at the time of the Roman Empire that, that, that I, I give to my deities so that the deities may give to me. 
If I do some good stuff, then maybe good stuff will come around in my life. And also closer to home amongst Jesus' own people, when people would, would gather in their synagogues to, to listen to their local religious leader, their local religious leaders would often not speak with any authority. They would say, well, Rabbi so-and-so says this. On the other hand, Rabbi so-and-so over here says this. And, and, and they would often tend to drone on endlessly about minute points of how one is to behave towards others and doing that apart from their relationship with their Savior God. And so into this colorless world, Jesus comes. He enters a small town called Capernaum, which many of us know is located in the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee, a little fishing village. And he walks on the Sabbath day, he goes into the, the synagogue, the gathering place. And there he begins to teach. Mark records that when he began to teach, he says that the people were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Jesus did not say, well, Rabbi so-and-so says this. On the other hand, Rabbi so-and-so over here says this. Jesus is speaking on the authority of God himself. And they knew it. As they were taking that in, Mark says, just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And so this demon, this impure spirit who had taken possession of this man, this demon made it very clear. He knows who Jesus is, and he knows why Jesus has come. And he declares he is the Holy One of God. But in so doing, this demon is trying to discredit Jesus. Because if he were to continue speaking this, in this way, everybody else in that synagogue listening would begin to presume that this demon and Jesus were somehow working together. And so Jesus knows that he must silence this demon immediately. Be quiet, Jesus says. Come out of him. And Mark records that the impure spirit shook the man violently and then came out of him with a shriek. One can imagine a long, pregnant pause of stunned silence immediately after that happens. And then the people there react. They are amazed. And they ask each other, what is this? A new teaching. At least it's a teaching that's new to them. He's proclaiming the good news of why he has come. A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits. And they obey him. 
And then Mark records that news about Jesus spreads quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Our culture is much the same as it was in the first century. In so many ways, it is colorless. It, it, it's made up of just many, many shades of gray. For some time now in our, in our culture, the concept of truth is, has been something similar to what, how the Romans approach truth, that, well, if you find something that seems true to you, good for you. If you find something that works in your life, something that seems to bring you some happiness and a sense of fulfillment and contentment and purpose, hey, if that works for you, it might be something different for somebody over here, but if you can find something that works for you, good for you. And along with that is the same attitude of, of the Roman culture is, well, if I if I try to be sincere and try to do some good in my life, yeah, you know, what goes around comes around. And so you and I would drift in that uneasy wave of despair. Floating away, drifting in a colorless world, of a million shades of gray. Enter Jesus. Enter Jesus with the truth. And his truth proclaims that a personal God has created you and me. He has created you and me that we might walk hand in hand with him. But something went wrong. In our history, something has gone wrong. We as humanity, we, we severed our relationship of trust with our God and chose to turn our back. And in its place, the toxic waste of sin flooded in and affected and ruined everything. And God would have had every right to turn his back on us in disgust, but instead, out of a love you and I will never fully grasp, he chose to come here and rescue us. And he did it by becoming one of us. God the Son in the person of Jesus Christ in our place has lived the life of perfect goodness that you and I have failed to live. And then he took upon himself all of the ways in which we have let him down, all of the ways we have let each other down. And he carried all of those wrongs to Calvary's cross and has washed them all away in his blood. And then to assure us that he really is who he claims to be and he really has done what he has promised to do, he raised himself back to life so that now you and I, through faith in him, we possess life and light and certainty and purpose and joy. And because we do, God the Holy Spirit through his gospel has empowered you and I to see not a colorless existence, but one that's vivid with the color of the Son of God. Now you and I can see 
the life and the joy and the purpose and the meaning and the promises of our God who will carry us through to the moment where he will carry us home to life everlasting. All because of Jesus. All because of what he has done on our behalf. The man, the tough man on the YouTube, melted into joy when he got to see the world for how it really is. Through the lens of the truth of Jesus, you and I can too. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.